Hey listeners, this is Ben, the host of the Rogue Valley Roleplayers podcast. I hope you all have been enjoying the show thus far. Um, Before I open the episode, I wanted to provide a disclaimer that we do start off with a fairly intense and dark scene. I don't want to give too much away, but we are briefly exploring a character's background, and there are a lot of elements of domestic abuse which may be too disturbing for some people. Uh, In no way do we intend to glorify or downplay these sorts of vile acts. Uh, We use it in this scene to show a glimpse of the trauma the character has been through. Um, If this is something you don't want to hear, I suggest skipping to the 10-minute mark. Um, With that out of the way, I do hope you enjoy the show, and I will let you get back to the Valley of Famine. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the uh, fifth episode of Valley of Famine, a Deadlands actual play. Uh, we are the Rogue Valley Roleplayers. My name is Ben. I'm here with Rosemary, Austin, Nick S., Ed. We have a special guest star, Trisha. Yay! Who infrequently gets to join us, so we're excited to have her here. This is like the second time I've gotten to game with you. I know. Ever. So, yeah. We're obligated to kill your character tonight, so. <laughs> <laughs> but... I might play in December and January. So. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh... I need to maim your character, then. Maim. That's fine. Scars are sexy, so... So, uh, oh, uh, let me tell you. <laughs> stars being stars. Yeah. Uh, once again, I'm Ben. I am the Marshal, or Game Master, for those of you who are somehow still uninitiated uh, to Deadlands. And uh, I am running this shindig. I'm Rosemary, I am playing Deputy Rachel Jane Kennedy. I'm Austin playing Macario, the incredibly serious clown. <laughs> very dramatic. All right. You're going to just change that intro slightly every single time we're here. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and special guest appearance, but with Chen Mei, a huckster. I'm Ed, I'm playing, playing Raylan Daisy, the mad scientist. I am Nick S. playing Haru Matsuhara, the samurai. It's been a it's been a little while since our last adventure. So um, you guys dealt with Lazarus Black and rescued uh, Shang Jin uh, mid August. It's now mid October. Um, Shang Jin's visit was only supposed to last like a couple weeks, just to. Uh, investigate, um, you know, kind of, kind of, not investigate, but inspect the operations going on for Iron Dragon. Um, it is, he has stayed since then. It's been a while. I, mean, I feel like partly because of that note I gave him. Uh, most likely, yeah. <laughs> um, which I couldn't read because I don't read Chinese. Uh, the <laughs> harvest is in full swing. People are, you know, reaping the fields. Uh, all that stuff, harvesting, <laughs> getting getting food into the silos and the storehouses and, and what have you. Um, there's been a little bit of controversy because a lot of ranch hands and farm hands have gone uh, AWOL lately. Um, no one's gotten to the point of, of declaring foul play. I mean, uh, hired help comes and goes. You know, someone people get fed up with the job and they leave or maybe they've made enough money and they decide well it's on time to move on to the next town um, or maybe you know they get a better business offer uh, proposition from 
another ranch or another farm. And uh, so there, there's been a lot of like, as far as like law enforcement goes, uh, deputy, you've had to go out and s- smooth feathers over, as it were. Oh. Um, get people to chill out and not, you know, try and try and avoid any ranch wars and stuff like that. It's, it's, and that, that's kind of, it's not that extreme. It's just talking to people in general to do during the harvest season. Yeah. Stop stealing my cattle. We'll stop stealing my corn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Settle down now. Um, and the weather is starting to turn. You're getting into more of the rainy season. It's gotten cold. Uh, leaves of uh, on, on those trees that are deciduous, you know, fully turned gold, red, and brown. Um, and yeah, it is mid October. Rachel, you're at home, fixing yourself some food in the kitchen when the door bangs open and then slams, shaking the house violently. The floorboards groan beneath Paul's staggering, heavy footsteps. The stench of the whiskey on his breath, cheap and foul, permeates the house as he stomps into the living room. Rachel! Rachel! Where the fuck are you, woman? He slurs drunkenly. You can hear him crash around the front room, and for a moment you think, you pray, he'll collapse and sleep it off out there. But that hope dies fast as he staggers into the kitchen, bleary with intoxication. His clothes are dirty, stained with booze and mud. His eyes gleam with a twisted combination of lust and murderous intent as he lurches further into the kitchen, his left hand clenched in a fist while his right rests on the hilt of the big knife hanging from his belt. You fucking get over here now, he snarls. You feel anger royal through your veins, and the bitter taste of bile fills your mouth as you glare at your husband in disgust. Get out, you spit, gesturing towards the door. Paul cusses and steps forward, and in response, you reach for rage and retribution. Your anger goes cold as the frigid tendrils of fear weave their way through your chest and into your heart. Your holsters are empty. Paul smiles darkly, his leering grin stretching impossibly from ear to ear. Nothing's gonna save you now, my love. Panicked, heart-pounding, you step back and turn towards the other door, but your husband is faster. He lunges forward and knocks you down with a savage backhand. Your head rings and your vision swims, but you can still hear the rasp of steel against leather as Paul draws that big knife. You try to crawl away, but he grabs you by the ankle and drags you back into the kitchen. With a grip of iron around your throat, he hauls you to your feet. He laughs and leans in close, his hot, rancid breath in your face. But in the instant before he can force himself on you, you viciously jab your knee hard into his groin. Paul's eyes go wide, and he drops you with a curse. You fucking bitch. He swings with that big knife as you try to rise, and pain red-hot lances across your face, and burning blood splatters to the floor. Half blind with agony, you scramble away into the next room and slam the door closed. Breathing heavily, you realize you're trapped and cornered in the bedroom. The door shakes as Paul slams his fist against it. Rachel, you open this goddamn door right now, he bellows. Your gaze goes to the shotgun over the headboard of the bed. You know that your husband will be hot on your heels once you leave the door, but it's your only chance. You throw yourself forward, dashing for the weapon. You hear the door crash open as your hands curl around the cold metal of the gun. Where do you think you're going, Rachel? You spin around and level the shotgun at the thing that was your husband. 
pale as a corpse, gaunt skin stretched tight across bones, his face split by an oversized grin, his eyes empty, sockets stained with blood and blazing with an evil red fire. Paul stands in the doorway with your revolvers, rage and retribution clenched in each fist. Both guns drip with innocent blood, the room's glowing with a sickly green light. You pull the triggers of the shotgun, giving him both barrels, but the hammers click on empty shells. Paul laughs and strides into the bedroom. It'll all be over soon, Rachel. Then you both freeze as you hear the thin wail of the baby, and that is when you see the cradle in the corner of the room. It rocks gently, back and forth, a tiny hand waving just visible above it. Paul looks to the cradle in shock, and then cocks the hammers on both pistols with a horrid smile. Well, isn't this a surprise? When were you gonna tell me, love? He swings those guns out, retribution towards you, rage towards the baby. Don't worry. We'll all be one happy little family in hell. He fires rage, and you see the cradle explode in a fountain of blood, the roar of the gun drowning out your screams. Then retribution fires, and you are thrown back with a bloody spray as the bullet catches you in the belly. All you can hear is Paul's laughter as you hunch over in pain, trying to hold your guts in. I'm coming for you, Rachel. Best run while you still can. Paul yells as darkness consumes you. And then you wake up, disgust, licking your face, the nightmare fading away from memory, even though the agony remains. It's been months now since uh, that encounter with the catamount, and those wounds still haven't totally healed, and you're still feeling that pain. Mm-hmm. Wow. I regret taking anamine now as a hindrance. <laughs> um, she's gonna, like, probably vomit after a dream like that, so she's gonna, like, bolt out of bed in a panic to, like, convince that Paul's, like, nearby and she's gonna like throw on some clothes and get on Oakley and just ride like away from her house and like at random. Okay. Scout follows on your heels mm-hmm. and then behind your horse, never straying far. Right, like an hour and then kind of like gradually start to calm down as like when you it's still pretty dark out. You can kind of see the glow of the, uh, the sunrise getting ready to, to crest the mountains to okay. the east. So she'll, like, assuming, like, she's kept her bearings? Or am I... Yeah. Like, at least familiar enough with the surrounding area that she can find a way. She'll, like, turn the horse around, basically. And, but she doesn't want to go home after that. She wants to be... She needs to, like, be busy. So she's going to, like, head to the sheriff's office. Okay. You uh, you ride to the sheriff's office. It's a little cold. It's morning. It's mid-October, um, and uh, you see the lights are on in the sheriff's office. Okay. Um. So she'll like um, ride up, tether Oakley to the post, and you notice one minus two. It's five. All right. You're not even make out the words, but you hear what kind of sounds like. Inside conversation coming from inside. Oh. I'm gonna like kind of 
pound on the door a little bit, just like like a the warning, like hey, I'm coming in, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna open the door and walk in. I'm gonna see Ross. I'm assuming it's Ross. It's Ross. He's standing there. Um, kind of looks up at you. He's he's got he's already got a cigar lit, and he's got a, a shot of whiskey halfway to his lips. Ross, these these late nights aren't good for you. Talking, Dan, talking to yourself now. Ah, well, when a a man's alone, sometimes he's got to talk out loud and get the thoughts through. Uh, Didn't know anyone was here. What are you doing up so early, Gabby? Dan jumps around some paperwork, and she's just gonna like grab a pile at random off of his desk and just like go over to like her desk and I see that in quotations because it's like she never does paperwork. Yeah, yeah it's probably like a thing. It's like a big <laughs> layer of desk on her desk. Yeah. You know, like I imagine like Where's my pencil? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, I'm yeah, down, like, yeah, actually cool. start to do paperwork, like maybe for the first time since she's become a deputy sort of thing. After a, a minute or two, uh, Ross comes by your desk and sets a mug of coffee uh, in front of you and then takes the budget away. <laughs> <laughs> and like her hand's like probably like shaking a little bit as she grips the pencil. But like she doesn't, like she's not saying anything, she's just focusing on working. He looks down at you, sees her hand shaking. He takes his, uh, his shot of whiskey, reaches over to your coffee, and just <laughs> pours it in. <laughs> and then uh, he goes and sits down at his desk. And he doesn't say anything, but he, the invitation has been extended. Um, like if, you, if you want to talk to him. Okay. Um, she like, she's going to, like, I am see if he's looking, and then she's going to, like, take this. <laughs> talking with some of the people that I've grown familiar with and seeing if they need anything, you know, trying to be an intermediary as well. Um, you, know, you don't have enough water or you're having some issue with so-and-so. You're trying to be compassionate. Yeah. You're doing that when a uh, boy comes running up message for you, sir. Written or spoken? Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Jin uh, is requesting your, uh, your, your, your your presence over at the, the, the uh, inn. I will be right over. Uh, most quickly. I hop on Kuhn, who's nearby, and ride over to the inn. All right. 
you walk in over to like the restaurant portion of it, and we see uh, Shen Jin sitting at a table having some breakfast, and there's uh, someone with him. Do I recognize this someone? Nope. I cautiously walk over, appraising this individual, sizing them up, seeing if they, like, they've got weapons clearly hanging, what kind of attire they're wearing. I want to know more about this person. Right. Trisha, why don't you describe your character? Um, so my character is a uh, Chinese who is um, sitting at a table uh, playing mahjong, uh, dressed in standard Western wear, um, but definitely stands out in, in the crowd of mostly white um, settlers. I, uh, I walk over to the table, uh, Mr. Shengjin, and guest, uh, most appreciative of your call. Um, shall I describe Haru too? Sure, yeah. Um, and if you a graying, uh, slightly graying hair, Japanese man, mm-hmm. thin pencil mustache and small goatee. He's clearly got two swords in his belt and a pistol on his other side, wearing a long duster. Speaking fairly good English, but still has much issues with certain it's one of them. Idioms, idioms, connotations. He's, like you, you recognize an idiom when you hear it, but sometimes you have to be like, okay, yeah, I know that means something. What does it mean? Have to think about it for a second. Doesn't mean exactly what the words. Uh, yeah. He gives yeah. he gives both of you kind of a, a disapproving leer as he, being Japanese descent, does not appreciate Chinese descent, <laughs> even though he has to work with them. Mm-hmm. Works for uh, them. Works for <laughs> them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in his in his pride he thinks with them. Yes, it's a little bit of a little bit of pride going on. Uh, you called me, Mister Shengjin. I did. Yes. Um, he takes a sip of his coffee. Um, sit down. Takes a seat in the chair. Uh, and because I know how chairs in the West were, he would have pulled the swords out from his belt and rested them on his lap because they would not have yeah. been. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have rested them with uh, hilts like this and the blades going, the blades going off this way because that would have been a sign of nonviolence. Okay. I'm uh, going to be frank with you, Haru. Uh, I don't like you. I don't like you. Peasants are easy to deal with because they've been shat on and put into their place all their lives. When they come over here, they keep that same attitude. But your caste, you don't think you're better than the rest of us. But your uh, creed and your tenets that you follow are all that makes you trustworthy. And I need someone I can trust. You are, of course, entitled to think of me as you will, Shenzhen, but know this, I will do my job with appropriate diligence. And that you do, which is why we are having this conversation. See, someone made an attempt on my life. I am aware. What you're probably not aware of is that that someone works. Iron Dragon Railroad. I am not surprised. 
petty insulting happiness. Something like that. I want you to investigate. All the evidence I found leads to, uh, or points to our regional representative in Portland. Seems a mite too convenient given how convincing it all is. Before I have a useful tool executed, I want to make sure it's him and not others if you catch my meaning. I believe I understand. This here is uh, Chen Mei. She is a uh, troubleshooter for the Iron Dragon Railroad, as we call her in when uh, things need to be done that are not necessarily above board. I think I understand. You're going to work with her in investigating and making sure that the Portland rep, who I have not yet named, short-sighted measure on my part, um, <laughs> is indeed responsible for the attempt on my life. I will, I will make a great effort in finding who attempted to kill you. In exchange, once you find that evidence, or lack thereof, conclusive lack thereof, I know where the objects you seek are. And I will tell you. Very well. Miss Chen Mai. Yes. I suggest we get to work most immediately. I will find a close friend of mine, see if she can offer any assistance. She works at the sheriff's office. If you wish to come along, I am leaving now. I'll join you in about two minutes when we finish my game. <laughs> Very well. I will leave you to it. I have a train to catch. And Shang Chin stands up and uh, motions to a bodyguard that was sitting nearby. You probably noticed him. Uh, he wasn't okay. trying to hide or anything. Okay. Just, no mind. Didn't even think of that detail until just now. <laughs> it's alright. I wouldn't have paid him anyone anyway. There you go. Uh, follow, follows him out. Um, yeah, and that, that, that one you said you were going to take two minutes. Haru would have turned on his heel, well, stood up, put his swords back into his belt, and walked out the door and waited on the front walk thing. Veranda. Veranda. And had a smoked his pipe until you came out. That's acceptable. We don't rush long time. Where are you at, Macario? Uh, so Macario has been uh, very busy and very frustrated. Uh, so with the money that he earned from this latest bounty and, and what Rachel gave him, he uh, bought a small farmhouse on the outskirts of Medford. Uh, and he's been trying to stock it with food. And every time he buys food, no matter where he puts it, it rots a few days later. He's tried burying it. He's tried buying like secret pemmican recipes sold to him from the natives, and they all just rot away. And uh, he, you know, he's just dig, dug up some pemmican that he put in like a jar and buried out in the front yard, just trying anything different to get the stuff to stay good. 
And when he opens up the jar, he sees maggots in it. And he kind of sighs and wipes wipes sweat off his brow, looks up. The devil walks in this land. I must tell someone. And uh, he kind of looks towards town and starts thinking about how he can get his friends together to tell them what he needs to tell them. It's a little bit of a ride to Jacksonville, uh, since you're on the outskirts of Bedford. Daisy, where are you at? Well, you know, it's been a couple months, and there's there's this boy I've met. What's his name again? Jonathan Graves? Jonathan Graves. Oh yeah. So yeah, you know, just gonna go full of rattles of boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's probably taken the last couple months and packed up her home in Ashland and moved more towards Medford, okay. near the train station, just because you know mm-hmm. he's that's her thing. Yeah, yeah. There's just you know, there's a boy who's interested in her, even though she talks about the Marion and chews tobacco and, you know, she hasn't had no one knocking on her door since the old Freddy before she settled down here. Freddy is not that Freddy, not evil Freddy. Frederick Spencer Oliver, the writer of A Droll on Two Planets. Okay. Who introduced her to about the Marion. So. Alrighty. Alright, yeah, nice. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah she was like, alright, you know, cute guy. And, and, yeah. So... Spending some time with him, getting in trouble, and we'll do totally, yeah. yeah. But yeah, she's she's no longer in Ashland. She's moved up to to Medford around the train station. All right, nearby. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got all that money, so you probably don't have to work too much neither. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I probably still do odds and ends. Maybe maybe pull some some mechanic. I don't have to work. Mechanics. <laughs> mechanic job for yeah. uh, Iron Dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we move on to the next scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to do for something Rachel to do. Okay. She's going to, is there a telegraph office? Yeah, absolutely. She yeah. wants to send the Apple telegram. Okay, who to? Uh, she wants to send one um, back to like, her old town mm-hmm. to see if Paul is dead. She wants to confirm his death, basically. Okay. And then she also wants to send a couple telegrams about Daisy's father, um, like inquiries maybe to see if he's been spotted, like mm-hmm. maybe down in California or like up in Portland. I don't know if it's Portland established yet. Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like she's just kind of sending out some inquiries to see if like there's any word. Like I would imagine when he was initially kidnapped, she mm-hmm. would have sent out like word. Yeah. To other lawmen. Along the coast, so she's just checking in with them to see if anything, if there's like any fresh leads. Okay. I'm not sure how much that's going to cost her, but I think she has to cover it. I think I remember seeing telegrams like something like five cents or something. Oh, word. Yeah, and that's another reason why I moved closer to the train station, so you know I can hear word and just be closer to where I can find out information now too. Where people are moving in and out. Yeah. I believe uh, Haru uh, was standing on the veranda waiting for standing on the Chen veranda May. waiting for Chingmei. Chingmei. Um, uh, uh, Macario was heading into town to look for his friends. 
and uh, Daisy. What exactly were you doing? I know you relocated yeah. to Mount Medford. Uh, uh, probably still sleeping since it's first thing in the morning. Okay. Because I'm a light sleeper, a heavy sleeper. That's right. Deputy. Uh, you're back in the office. Um, Sheriff Abraham Ross is, uh, is there, uh, filling out more paperwork. And, uh, for everyone else and for the listeners, just, you know, like, Abraham Ross, he's not some, like, useless, um, incompetent sort of guy. Uh, he's just, you know, the sheriff, the position of sheriff is partly political, so he deals with a lot of that shit. Um, he's kind of like, he's the heavy guns. And you, Rachel, you've seen him in action before. Yeah. You, you know that um, he's not incompetent. He's ridiculously good at what he does. And he's mean with a tourniquet. He is mean with a tourniquet. Yeah. So he, he usually sends you out on patrol and you go deal with stuff because usually there are survivors. Does me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's someone to arrest, not to bury. When, uh, when Abraham Ross gets called out, someone's getting put in the room. That's usually how it's not happened very often. Maybe, uh, once or twice since you've worked as a deputy. Oh, but, uh, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of trouble that goes on in Jacksonville, um, or the county, because mm-hmm. folk know that, you know, outlaws know that if they push their luck too much... If they cross Ross, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> they cross Ross. <laughs> Hell's a coming. Yeah, I'd imagine I'd go back to the office, and then I, I would, like, she patrol Jacksonville? Like... The office exists in this version of Medford already. Right. It's like the, well, it's, like, <laughs> it's the jail slash office, right? Like yeah, it, it's, it's temporary holding. It's not yeah. like like there's a more permanent jail somewhere or prison. Oh, I'm okay. sure there's a burly crew somewhere. Just Probably. not based on office. my understanding of like just wild wild west. Uh, Judiciary system. You wouldn't really do a patrol. You might walk around, oh. say hello to the, the townspeople. Yeah, if yeah. something happens, you might try oh. to stop it. Kind of mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like she'll kind of stroll back and not stroll, but like walk back from the telegraph office, like nod to people she knows. Okay. Uh, you're walking by one of the saloons when you hear some uh, some arguing, some fighting going on inside. Raised voices. Um, definitely go inside. So is there actually a judiciary system set up in the valley at this point? Yeah, there's a judge. Okay. Um, there's not just like a traveling judge that comes to town every once in a while? No, there's, there's a local judge. There's there's a courthouse. Um, okay. I haven't come up with a name. I had a name, but then I didn't write it down, so naturally I forgot. <laughs> judge Marsters. Judge Marsters. Um, that was just the name of the family line. Okay. No, it's not gonna be Marsters. Uh, I'll come up with it. I I know exactly who is uh, the judge, the local judge. Uh, he uh, was born a slave in the Confederacy uh, and won his freedom during the Civil War when the the Confederacy was the first to actually, ir- ironically, uh, outlaw slavery uh, because the the war dragged on for so long and they they asked the British for help and the British were like. Sure, but you need to do away with this uh, institution that we find distasteful. Mm-hmm. And 
the Confederacy said yes. Shortly after they released all their slaves because they had a problem with it for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the Union followed suit shortly after to try and keep the moral high ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, by that point in time, the war was no longer about state rights to secede or slavery um, or something like that. It was just all about land grabbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty much ended by now, and it's mainly it's a two. ceasefire right now. There's yeah. still the Confederacy has maintained its independence, uh, and the Union is trying to recover from that. There's no signed document declaring peace, but both sides have they're kind of just hey yeah <laughs> both both sides say okay you stay on your side the Mason Dixon we'll stay on our side and we won't shoot at each other. Much, except for criminals like the one we just took in last session. Yeah, well, that that is in. Yeah, we said the corpse we brought in. Yes, yeah. we didn't even bring in the corpse. I don't remember. Yeah, we, and we got thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So, deputy, you walk into the, uh, the one of the saloons, mm-hmm. and uh, you see uh, two men having it out. They're, they're in each other's faces. They're, going, they're red in the face, yelling and, and, and hollering about who is uh, buying off the hired help. Oh, boy. So Rachel's going to like get right up in between them and put her hand, like one hand out on each of their chests and just be like, gentlemen, it's too early for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too early for men to fight. Trying to like de-escalate it. I don't have intimidation. You don't have intimidation. You're an officer of the law. I have a really badass scar, oh, though. Yeah. Give me a persuasion roll. Oh boy, it doesn't need more. Here's the thing. I thought of that exact same thing. I was like, I was former sword police in Japan, and now I'm the Iron Dragon's chief of police. I need to have intimidation. <laughs> oh yeah. Six have been treating you well. In fact, oh, I'm better at intimidation than I am persuasion. But one on it's my minus two, two actually, because yeah. of your uh, oh, three months. So yeah. eight. Eight. There's still a raid, so you managed to um, talk him down. Nice. And uh, yeah, how do you talk? So, or just go with the whole gentleman yeah. is entirely too early. Yeah, for this. I'm just go like knock it off. Down. So, yeah, sit the fuck down, or. You can sit down in a jail cell. Alright, they uh, they grumble and mutter, but they go sit on opposite sides of the saloon. And I'm assuming like, these are locals, right? They're ranchers? Yeah. So I would know both of them. Probably. I don't have names for them, but yeah. I want to turn to one and be like, Jones, what would your wife say if she knew you were brawling here in the saloon this early in the morning? She'd say I was justified mm-hmm. since uh, we ain't going to be able to get the harvest in on time because someone's been Stealing our hired help. <laughs> That's great, Joe. I'm sure drinking this slim and pound about to solve those problems. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, so yeah, you resolve that situation. You, uh, you step outside. You're just about to step into the street. You feel that pain lance through your sides again, and you you just about just double over 
uh, right there in the street when you feel uh, a hand on your your elbow and your shoulder. Deputy, you all right? I'm fine, Grace. You don't look fine, Deputy. Would you please come have a drink with me over at the claim? What's this about? I will tell you there. Graves, this has been a rough morning, okay? I don't have a lot of time for this. I understand, Deputy, but I think you want to hear what I have to say. And I insist, please. She's gonna, like, heave this sigh, like, again, like, why me? Like, like, alright, but better not be wasting my time. I assure you, Deputy, I do not think it will be a waste of your time. You, uh, you walk over to the, uh, the end. Graves kind of like, he's got that like ready to catch you kind of look. He's, he's not like walking with his hand on All your right. back. Just do a punch him in the face if he did that. Yeah. Daisy <laughs> might punch him in the face if he did that too. Yeah. <laughs> but you, get, you get to the plane. <laughs> you sit down and Graves orders, uh, it's early, so he actually orders coffee. Okay, Rachel will order some coffee and probably breakfast, too. Deputy, you are not well. I can see it. Ross can see it. Everyone can see it. You're hurt. Fine. You are not fine. Deputy, you almost face planted in the mud just now. Just, just that cat cat out. We'll be fine in a few weeks. We'll feel right up. Deputy, it has been two months or near about. Modern medicine ain't gonna help you. Though. You doctor or something, Grace? <laughs> I never went to school, Deputy. You know that. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I have a wandering man. I met a man last year who I think uh, might be able to help you if you're... Uh, you're willing to try some unorthodox methods. See, you remember that bad snowstorm last year? Surely do. Well, I was out rambling and roving when that storm blew up. Caught me all unawares. I thought I was going to die out there. Couldn't, couldn't find my way. Horse was getting cold when all of a sudden this... Uh, Native American fella come walking out of nowhere. Leads me to safety in the shelter. Shares his fire with me and, and some food. I, I would have frozen to death not for him. Now, this, uh, this Native American fella, his name is Skell. He's got some of them that uh, tribal magic folks talk about. At this point, she's going to kind of, like, slam her hands onto the table and, like, push her chair back and stand up and be like, I don't know what kind of story you're trying to sell me, Graves, but I ain't buying it. Deputy, the man can help you. He can heal you. Why don't you come up with me and we'll give him a talk. Maybe you'll believe him over me. I'm just supposed to believe that. Out of the goodness of your heart, you've just taken a, a sudden concern in my health. Well... 
deputy. There's no thrill here to invalid. And I promise you, deputy, this ain't like, uh, like, uh, loving these daisies, uh, <laughs> the murdery and stuff. This, oh, this God, is some not real that stuff. again. This is real. This, this, this man is skill. Come talk to him. What, what, what do you have to lose, deputy? Graves, I, I ain't sure what you're, what game you're playing here. You saved my life, deputy, whether you like it or not. sheriff's office, I think you'll find um, Haru and Chen Mei uh, waiting there, as well as uh, Makario has arrived at that point. Um, would you drop by the sheriff's office at any point in time and bring uh, your friends? I don't know if I would actually just be like, oh yeah, the sheriff's office, that's where I go to hang out every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, Graves would point her to go to the sheriff's office. Okay. Yeah, you go. You meet up with who Graves? Daisy. Uh, you're Daisy. <laughs> your, uh, your friend uh, Rachel. Not doing so well. She's still not doing good. No. Her nose almost took a fall right in the mud. Hmm. So I know a man might be able to help her. You can convince her. We could get the deputy back up on her feet. Regular Well, maybe I should go talk to her, because, yeah, she's. I'm worried about her. You know, she's my friend. Much as, uh, as a adversarial as we are, I am fond of the deputy candidate. She's good people. That she is. Better than that, to uh, that Sheriff Ross. <laughs> he's a mean one. He don't like Joe's none. Oh, he's fun to drink with, though. Is he? Yeah. I hear that man can hold his liquor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's all he vibes. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> Alright. Um, everyone's at the Sheriff's oh, okay. office. Yep. Sheriff Ross just like, why... <laughs> Are there so many people in my office? Well, if it bothers you, Mr. Ross, I will wait outside. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much, Masukara-san. <laughs> That's one. There's still 
Sheriff, where is uh, where is Rachel? Uh, she was off to the telegram office last I knew, and yeah, there you are. Hello, deputy. About time you showed up. All your friends are here. <laughs> How am I supposed to get any work done? Bunch of people gaggling about in my office. Ross, you never get any work done anyways. You've been working on that piece of paper for the past week. Look, figuring out the budget is hard. <laughs> uh, Macario turns to you and whispers, he drew a stick man on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta take a break from crunching the numbers and draw a fucking stick figure. Okay? Did he need the fingers and toes on the stick figure to count the budget? Probably. Okay. Yeah. That's a different drawing. It's mm-hmm. finger toes on the stick figure. <laughs> um, would Rachel... A little disturbing to think about. Would she, like, bow to her? Like, the, like, the, is that... You might do a, oh, okay. a hat tip and he'd nod his head to you. Morning, Deputy Kim. Good morning, Haru. Who is your, um... She's not going to say friend because she knows that you don't... Like, make friends. Uh, who's your acquaintance? This is Cheng Mei. She is a... Uh, how you say... She works with the uh, I Am Dragon, like I do. I'm a troll shooter. How do you know, Brett? She shoots trolls. Mm-hmm. You shoot trolls? Uh, I think you said troubleshooter, but what uh, I heard was troll shooter. <laughs> 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 That's really that, that could be troubleshooting. Also. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I am. I am shooting troubles is okay too. Shooter for the rebel. I thought some trouble you could shoot. That'd be super nice. That's for the name of Jonathan Grace. <laughs> no, don't shoot him. I don't know if that is in a job description. Oh, okay. Mr. Graves is a antiquated fellow so far. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> That's right, Daisy. I forget that he is your gentleman caller. This is my bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what brings you to the. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> I'll listen to it later. Oh. I-, I think I'm leaving that one in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave you in. <laughs> Characters. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna write bow, but then like, yeah, and mm-hmm. I misspelled. They yeah. came first. Okay, okay. It's, it's, it's like, no, he's a bay. What brings you to the office this morning? As you remember, a couple of months ago, uh, Shenzhen was kidnapped by that uh, racist prick. <laughs> I do recall. Kari almost caught shot up by that Catlin gun. Well, we have reason to suspect that one of our own important may be involved. I was asked to, along with Cheng Mei, to investigate, and you being an officer of the law. I felt it pertinent to ask your assistance. Also, I consider you a good friend. It would mean very much to me if you could help me 
I was not anticipating uh, Miss Daisy and her courier, but if you would be kind enough to assist, I'd be most appreciative. Uh, of, of course I will help, uh, but I was hoping tonight uh, to invite you all to my new home for dinner. I, I've bought pies and uh, I've made things to, uh, to eat, you know. Your invitation, maggot lasagna. Your invitation is most appreciated. I would very much like to see a home from the garden. It's still mostly empty, but uh, I hung up uh, pretty things, colors, you know. And it's it's good to look at. One of the things you were definitely able to do with your thousand bucks was to replenish your supply of colorful handkerchiefs. Excellent. Nice. Yeah, this guy's all you know. over the house. When <laughs> <laughs> he needs a handkerchief, he will find it. <laughs> cigar and handkerchief. <laughs> and look, the cigar turns into a handkerchief. What? <laughs> and I think he's found like linen and stuff. And he's kind of hung it up in almost like a patchwork, um, almost like a circusy sort of feel in his, his ranch home. Like tapestry. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost like a tapestry. He, he's he's watched a lot of Martha Stewart, like. Old West Martha Stewart. Okay, I'm fine. Old West Homes and Garden. Yeah, Old West Homes and Garden. I will definitely uh, be attending. I would love to see your new abode. That sounds great. Bring a housewarming present. I think it is cool. Uh, and. I suppose uh, your friend may come too, although... Friend would be putting it strongly. (laughs) Too strongly at this point. Uh, I don't wish to be rude, ma'am, but uh, may I keep it to just my friends? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is is acceptable. Uh, Thank you for understanding. And he kind of goes quiet. Uh, but anyway, tonight, uh, I'm sorry for the interruption. Last time you wanted us to help you, Matsunari, uh, you offered us $10. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I found a sort of thing I could do with this money that I've <laughs> <laughs> I have not been given a budget for paying but I will pay you from my own pocket if you if that is what it takes. Is there a bounty on this person we're hunting? Not officially. Part of the reason why I am coming to Deputy Kennedy is if he is breaking the law, there could be. Do you have a name? We don't no. call it <laughs> hunting or troubleshooting. Right. Uh, if he is indeed guilty of wrongdoing uh, I would be willing to pay one hundred dollars for evidence proving or disproving his involvement but it must be conclusive. 
must be beyond uh, beyond the shadow of doubt. Well, you can help me in. Hundred dollars. Woo! Did you spend all of your bounty money no. on our <laughs> <laughs> This sounds very much like, uh, what is the word, uh, politics. If we do this, will the, will the railroad hate us? I do not think so. Mr. Shenjin is a very powerful man with Iron Dragon. I, I do not wish to speak on his behalf, for I fear repercussions of my own. But I will leave your names free of any report I make just to ensure your safety. If that is your desire. Uh, you know, Iron Dragon always takes good care of their deniable assets. <laughs> so I will assure you new acquaintances that you will be working in the favor of the railroad and also in my favor, if you assist me in finding this individual. My compatriot put it most succinctly. Uh, if there is any other matters you must attend to, I will be at the uh, big claim having a drink to deal with some of the uh, Issues of my own. Rachel's gonna turn to Ross and say, Well, what do you think? About me for anything around here? Uh, no, I think we're good. <laughs> That's great timing. No, I was just, I popped it out, and I was like, can I have more? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will leave you to There's, the budget then, Ross. Ross popping over a second bottle. <sighs> <laughs> okay. just can't make the freaking <laughs> ammo allowance balance itself. And he draws a hat on the stick figure. <laughs> 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 Balancing. <laughs> He's got it balanced like a pencil, the, the, the ledger. And he's just like, nope, see, I can't make it balance. <laughs> Is he drawing pictures of the bullets and then circling them into groupings of ten? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no matter what I do, I can't get five and five to equal twelve. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Deputy, how much do you spend on bullets? just bought 50 bullets and then cost me... Wait, wait. You, you're buying your bullets? Yeah. Have God start all damn over. it, deputy. <laughs> I gotta start all over now. You, you buy... me a budget for my bullets? <laughs> Not anymore. You're buying so, your bullets. Great to hear, Ross. I am gonna go return these. <laughs> but where is the money for the ammo allowance been going? Make sure you see your, your whiskey rock. Submit your requisition form yeah. for reimbursement. Exactly. Deputy, I buy my whiskey with my own money. I do not use mm-hmm. state or county funds. 
Wait, is this like an actual plot hook here? Like somebody stealing from the sheriff's? Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, That's a good question. Or, or Debbie Ross could just be really, really bad at accounting. <laughs> if someone's stealing from the sheriff, that could be a grave situation. Oh! <laughs> is Oregon a state? 1859. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. 1859, Oregon became a state. 1859, the Shinsengumi was dis- disbanded. Mm. <laughs> Coincidence? Probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Just an interesting coincidence popped in my head. Harvard's Meanwhile. been here for 15 years. 500 feet under Medford, the, the corpse of the <laughs> ancient Japanese. <laughs> explains why they tried to drop firebombs on, on Oregon during World War II. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Holy <laughs> bombs. Um, um, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so you, you're still at the sheriff's, yeah. right? Or we're all still Everyone's still here? Uh, oh, no, I think you walked I, I just going to the claim to deal with the fact, yes, work with the Chinese. Ching <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mei, or, or Chen Mei, are you still, uh, are you still at the sheriff's office, or do you go? I don't think I have any reason to stay at the sheriff's office. Okay, where uh, do you go? Um... Go back to the saloon and okay. the mahjong game, and see if I can get some hot water to make a cup of tea. Okay. Yeah, totally. Before you go, know, Rachel's just gonna say to you, like, I look forward to working with you. You too, man. Super polite. Chinese I want to tell. Hard is just instantly like, no. Rachel's <laughs> <laughs> not nothing against the Chinese. No, I know. Yeah, I'm kidding. She's gonna like. Daisy know though, like I want you to know Daisy, I haven't given up on your father yet. I sent some telegrams out this morning, check in with my contacts up the coast to see if there's any fresh news. So I'll let you know as soon as I hear back from them what they say. I, I would keep my ear to the grindstone when out there by the by the, the, the train station. <laughs> Ow. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> anything. I was gonna say, well you so don't I, hear much anyway. That's why I'm doing. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's it's alright since you're a friend she's going to confide in you and not Grace. Um, yeah. It bothers me some, but nothing I can't handle. Yeah, are you sure? Because Jonathan said he might know someone that could help you out with that. Oh, did he say that? Did he? Yeah. He immediately turned her off. <laughs> 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 I didn't say Grace. Uh, yeah, Jonathan. Jonathan. Which is a generic name. Yeah. A bunch of people were named Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he talked to me this morning. Said he met some sort of Indian shaman who might be able to heal this with magic. What do you think of that? Well, I I've heard that there are some of the native folk that can do that. Uh, other than that, I mean, uh, the only place I know where he might be able to get this healing is Thalos. Thalos. <laughs> Question mark. Oh my god. It's where the Luminarians live. In Shasta. Oh my god. Like, Rachel's been like lucky that I don't think she's like heard this particular, like. Oh, oh, right. The the Luminarians. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about Luminarians. Mm-hmm. Well, well, maybe we'll try. Maybe we'll try Mr.
<laughs> so, Phalos. This guy sounds a lot closer. Yeah. Everything sounds more reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> you throw that in, this is okay. Yeah. That's why she's gonna follow me with Grace because she doesn't want Daisy to drag her out to Gotta go all the way down the shaft. Well, if you see Jonathan, maybe just let him know that I'm interested in his offer. Alright. So. You're you're at the Jacksonville Inn getting into a game of mahjong, uh, getting some tea. Yes. Uh, you're at the claim getting drunk. Jonathan Graves is there. He is like bad penny, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> and McCarter, where'd you go? Um, I think he uh, is basically kind of sticking with Haru for now, seeing if Haru needs any help. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't really have any plans for him at the moment. And uh, Daisy? Uh, I'll go on my way when we're going to your house for dinner, right? Yeah. 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 You gonna talk to Jonathan Wall? Uh, yeah, I'll probably go find him and like be like, yeah, I think we convinced uh, Rachel to go see your friend. Alright. I am a bit of a hack, so I better go find the deputy. You best get going. But don't you worry, I'll be back tonight. Before Nightfall. Alright. We're like going right now, sort of thing. Yeah, are you, are you staying? Are you at the sheriff's office? Um. Yeah, I'll still be there. Alright. He comes knocking on the door, timidly. Deputy? Sheriff? Jonathan Graves. Come to turn yourself in? Uh, not exactly. Uh, I heard from the lovely Miss Daisy that uh, you reconsidered my offer. I did. It was either this or go to the city of Thalos. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had like another side bonding moment. <laughs> like, God damn it. Uh, by the way, I was going to say that when Haru saw Jonathan in there before Daisy showed up, he would have at least nodded to him and gone to the bar and sat, lit up his pipe. Okay. Yeah, Jonathan gives you a friendly morning there, uh, Haru. Yeah. Morning. You're, you're struck for an instant by the fact that he actually said your name correctly on the first try. He, Haru at this point figured that he could, and Moru was just. And politely, good, you know, good to see you, Mr. Graves. Good to see you too, Mr. Haru. Goes over, just passing by right. the bar. Yeah, he doesn't try to. I'm a not a very talkative person to out <laughs> an outlaw. Is there right, but Macario was kind of your sidekick here? I sort of lost track of what we were doing. Um, Haru was going to the bar because he's his continued working for the Iron Dragon and, again, Chinese people frustrates him because the Japanese have never really appreciated China. Right. So he holds a lot of national prejudice. 
he tries to be polite, he tries to be courteous, but that's the extent. So he'd go into the bar to kind of smoke and drink and think about it before he goes to your house for dinner. Okay, I guess I'm at home preparing for that dinner then. That's okay. good. Oh, well, how high is this? I thought somewhere would be the night. We'll be back for now, Tom. Okay. But, uh, with a little, little bit of a ways. You see, uh, you see them plateaus out there? Yeah. Yeah, hard to miss. That's where we're going. We're going to have to make one stop before that. Okay. And she's, we're like cut to like her house and she's getting her winter coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cloudy, it's windy, it's not quite stormy yet. But, yeah. and, uh, give me a vigor check. You, you ride out. Uh, Scout follows you almost the whole way until you get to the base of the, the table rocks. Eight. Okay. Six. Um, you start up the trail. Scout kind of plants his butt down at the bottom. Mm. And doesn't fall. I'm going to, like, I'm going to, like, notice kind of quickly that Scout's not falling like he usually does. So I'm going to, like, bring up Oakley and just kind of twist back on my saddle and I'll be like, Scout, come on, boy. Cox is at you mm-hmm. and whines. What's the matter? Come on. He barks. He doesn't move. Can I, like, roll notice to see if there's, like, anything in the immediate vicinity that might be spooking him out? Sure. It's quite a hike, that, that vigor was, was for that portion of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's uh, it's probably well into midday uh, by the time you reach the top of uh, Upper Crater Lake. Crater Lake, Table Rock. Yes, that Table Rock, Upper <laughs> Table Rock. Um, can we get out of those holes? There's like any kind of like. Sure. Just like. Danger, like a cat that might be in those trees at the end of the path. Aside from the poison oak. Yeah. Yeah. No. Doesn't seem like there's anything to be alarmed about. Um, but you finally get to the top of uh, Table Rock, and uh, you see a small structure, uh, like a, a, a hut, sort of. And there's a man uh, crouched next to it. Looks like he's cooking something. And he does not look up. Oh, like, how far away is he? I can see, like, across eight, the... Eight feet away. Oh. As you, as you, you get to the top. He's just going to kind of, like, jerk her head. Is that him? That is him. Skell, my friend, how are you doing today? I uh, brought you some supplies and I brought a friend of mine with me. I, I hope that is all right. She's a uh, law. I know you don't care none too much for uh, our kind of law, but uh, see. I have minus two charisma, so I'm not charismatic. I thought you had so, minus two charisma because of the scar. Right, but that's, that's just not charismatic. So she's just going to be like, hello. <laughs> he looks up and you see he's an old man, old Takelma, uh, Native American. He wears uh, uh, deerskin clothes. the trail, so I don't know if it's big enough for horses or not. It can be. Uh, it's, that's a little bit treacherous. But it is, yeah. It's treacherous. It's Most of it is, is but, yeah. The ending especially would be yeah. for horses. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. mainly a footpath. You probably take your horses as far as safe and okay. dismounted. And dismounted. So then I'll just walk. I'll have horses with my gun then, if not on the horse. Okay. I'll walk forward. Cautiously, though. I don't, I don't really trust Gray. You said he's old. Older, you know, yeah, he's old. Hello, Jonathan. Who is this that you've brought to me? Well, this here's a deputy Kennedy. And, uh, you want me to say? You want to say deputy? Jonathan here says that you might be able to help me with an injury. His eyes 
flick over to uh, Jonathan, and he stands up. He's pretty tall. He's old, he's gnarled, skin's weathered, but he's tall. Um, and uh, you can see that he has, he seems like his general disposition is kindly and compassionate, but there's this hint of resentment. Maybe he just, you know, his privacy being uh, violated. You want to help. I'd be grateful if you could. But I've seen I certainly don't want to impose. My people butchered and slaughtered by your kind. You come up here wearing a star your country's law and you ask me for help? I do. Can't, can't make right what my people did. Well, maybe. Your United States of America slaughtered and dispersed my people. There are rituals that must be performed so that this land is bountiful. I am all that's left. I am the last shaman of the Takelma. I am old. I have lived a very long time. I do not have the strength to keep up the rituals. A spirit has come to Giwas, an evil spirit. So long as it resides there, I cannot perform any ritual that will help you. You seem like you have other ways about you. If you go kill this spirit and help heal the land that your people have made vulnerable, Tell me where the spirit might reside. Resides in, in Giwas, where Lao is buried. Your kind call it Crater Lake. Alright. Here. Take this amulet. It will lure the spirit out. So, like, nod her head in respect and take the amulet. We shall see if you come back alive. The spirit, Lao, is no easy thing to contend with. Kill the heart. Damn it. Go. So she'll, like, not respect places. Scout. Yeah, scout. And then, um, like, look at John's. Do basically. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, and the amulet's like a, a wolf's paw, and it's got some like other little bones dangling from it. Well, graves sounds like I'm gonna go kill the spirit. I ain't doing that by myself. No way, no how. Well, I imagine your friends will have the ashes now. Mm-hmm. Got all kinds of missions. Yeah, right. Um. So, can I assume that we like ride back into town without incident? Yeah, you get back down bottom trail. Scout's still there. He whines, sniffs at you, growls, and then looks your leg. Okay. 
What time is it like when we get back? It's like it's, I haven't missed Macario's because yeah. I like not well, want to Do you remember how long it took you to hike Table Rock? Because I don't remember how long it took you. Yeah, it's like half a day. It's like it was like it, was, it took me four hours. So you're uh, you're stopping to get, uh just like at the saloon to get a bottle of like nice whiskey that I'm gonna bring okay. as like a gift. Five dollars for all of the good stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll move this scene to uh, Macario's house for the dinner unless anyone has something else. Mm-hmm. Really. I made Macario using some paper from my room at my end, I made him uh, origami flower to put in his house. Okay. Don't nice. <laughs> It's a housewarming present to represent the longevity and life of the chrysanthemum. Longevity. Yeah, so uh, when you all get there, he's made it as warm as possible. He's got a roaring fire in the fireplace. Um, he's got fresh apple pie, as fresh as he could get that day, uh, sitting on the on the table. Cooling in the sun. Um, he's he's very maggots crumbling. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, don't, I doubt it goes bad that fast. Maybe a fly or two. Maybe a bear. <laughs> it goes bad. Like stored food probably takes a week or two before it goes bad. Okay. And, uh, you know, he's got all the fixings he could get a hold of that day, you know, so he's gone and picked up fresh butter and rolls from town. Uh, Yeah, it's it's a good spread. Uh, Everyone, you are here. Yay, look at my place. And he kind of, like, motions to the bright, colorful linen that he's strapped everywhere. It's it's, it's almost a little too gaudy, honestly. Like, it's a bit just too (laughs) gaudy. It is as elaborate as the imperial palace. Bows and hands you the origami flower, laughing to himself, thinking just about how over the top it is. Ah, well, that is good because you will eat like a king tonight, Haru. Thank you. Finds a nice, comfortable place to sit and looks around at your decorative taste. Does he <laughs> sit on a whoopee cushion? Uh, no, I don't think those have been invented. Yes, they have. Oh, that's right. Okay. That was a different game? That was a different game? No, no, no. That was the first night. It was first or second night. We, uh, yeah, I looked it up. They were invented in like Rome. S- 700s of some weird old time where I was just like, whoa. Just to remember that it was funny. Yes. Yeah, that, that's what it was. It was a, I was like, fart jokes are always funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I don't know if you guys want to do like any sort of conversations at the table. Otherwise, we can just kind of skip to the end after. Assuming it's a delicious meal. Assuming I don't know, make a roll, make roll cooking. Yeah, let's. Well, let's roll acquisition streetwise. Is that what that would be? Yeah, you don't have to roll. You don't have to okay. <laughs> I mean, you're not the GM, but if the GM wants you to roll, and I pick up all shit, just get all my friends the worst food ever. No, it's delicious. Oh, it's perfect. perfect. Is it? He cuts open a roll and a maggot just. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like any other animals or pets though besides your horse? Uh, just my horse right now. Um, Guapito. Just Guapito. Yeah. And oh, Guapito definitely gets like a uh, you know a fresh hole of water with like a some candy in it. Because <laughs> 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 why not? He's, it's got some molasses in it. And he just like uh, here, here, Guapito, slurp it up. Uh, yeah. So dinner's basically over. Everybody's wrapping up. You know, wiping themselves off with napkins and, and whatnot. And Macario stands up and kind of 
taps a glass. I thank you, everyone, for coming to my new home. And uh, I hope I hope it was good. It was most delicious, Mugari. I most appreciate your hospitality. I uh, called you here for for dinner, yes, uh, but uh, I am sorry to say, not just dinner. I have things to talk about. Like the poison I put in your food. Well, <laughs> if you want the antidote, you will help me find out what's causing my food to go bad. I have 48 hours to live. <laughs> Did I poison you? Because you would think that I poisoned mine to trick you? Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, you see this uh, this little table over here. I have a cloth over. Uh, he pulls the cloth off, and there you see a series of jars that he stacked up, each of which has like a different food stuff in it that's supposed to last a very long time, and they're all just covered with maggots. That is a wonderful thing to show after we've had so large. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that wasn't in the food. I, I am so sorry. I Wait, did not like, even think about you. it. <laughs> uh, is this the seasoning? <laughs> no, this is not dessert. Please do, do not worry. <laughs> um, so this, uh, any points to the first one, uh, this is called uh, bouillon cubes. Uh, bouillon cubes. Uh, this is, uh, you know, they take uh, beef juice, and they, you know, he goes over like, uh-huh. <laughs> as though you're all idiots that have never seen it before. <laughs> oh, it is dried beef stock. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, made fresh a week ago. It is supposed to stay good for, for months, yeah? But it, I take it home, and it spoils after one week. Sounds like you have uh, some kind of, uh, in my country, we'd say yokai, looking over and cursing your, your food. Uh, you, you think so, but I do not think it is just my food. Uh, this, and he points to the next jar, this is uh, pemmican. The, uh, the natives of this land make it. And it is, uh, it is berry and fat that, that they dry, and it stays good for sometimes years, two weeks. And I bury this outside my land. I bury it, I bury it at the crossroads. You know, I, maybe a bit superstitious, <laughs> but uh, it it go bad. Um, Hebrew spirit sounds most troubling. And this. Uh, woman showed me how to make it is potted meat. Uh, you take butter and meat and you mix it up. You put it in a ceramic pot and it stayed good for weeks. It perished after three days. Uh, you, you know this. You all know this. We all knew it since the night at the cabin. There is evil in this land. Haru begins looking around your house very suspiciously now. Mm. He's, he's, he's very un, uh, almost uncomfortable. He's appreciative of you showing hospitality, but he's also feeling that there may be evil spirits looking after, looking out, looking around. He's, he's. If he sees a fox, he may shoot it. <laughs> I, I look at the jars, trying to find if there's some kind of flaw in the jar. 
Man of science, <laughs> man of mysticism. <laughs> Something comes back to you, and I, I missed it when you were talking to Skill. Uh, he mentions that the uh, the spirit of Lyle with Ewas was uh, uh, the evil spirit that had come to dwell there was influencing and corrupting the forest. Okay. I got nine. Nine? Nothing wrong with the construction of his jars. The jars are well made. Uh, I don't see how any taint's getting in there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I have been I have been lying to you, to all of you. I said I was here for work, um, that I came to start a new life, and uh, it's, it's a half truth. Uh, I feel I can I can trust you. If if I can trust anyone, I can trust you. Um, so I ask. Uh, do you believe in miracles? I have witnessed many things in my long life. Miracles, as you say, are one of them. When I was at my lowest point, my uh, I was injured. I had been betrayed. I had nothing. Uh, my arms were broken. I received a vision from the mother. Um, the lady, the lady of Guadalupe, uh, the Holy Mother. And the next morning, I woke up and my arms were not broken. They were strong again. Uh, and she showed me, she showed me, uh, it was a warning. It was a warning about this land. And uh, the sky, uh, it, was, it was black. And uh, the, the, the earth, it was flat totally flat, nothing but, but white sand. And uh, she showed me her, her children. She said, these are my children. And it, it was people, you know. Uh, but they, uh, they were hungry. They were starving. And they ate each other. One brother turned to another and he ate him. And she said, Macario, you will go north and you will bring color to this land, because if not, it will be nothing but black and white, and brother will eat brother. That is what she told me, and then I woke up. And so that is why I'm here, because because of this is my mission, and that is why I came, and, and I think she sent me to meet you, to find you. And so that is why I called you tonight, so that so that someone knows if, if, I, if I die, if I'm eaten, someone knows. Guadalupe is Guadalupe in, in Atlantis or we're going to break tension <laughs> <laughs> the tension is in sleep room and I was going to try not to laugh ahead of time <laughs> uh, yeah Macario explains like people lady of Guadalupe is that she's basically the uh, she, she the Spanish call her the Virgin Mary but uh, she she belongs to, to Mexico she's Mexican She's the Mexican symbol of the Virgin Mary. Okay. Because the Lemurians can do stuff like this. <laughs> and she doesn't sound like Lemurian because they don't eat their own children. 
Uh, <laughs> listen, I'll figure it lands, but... Daisy, I, I would love to hear more about Lemurians, but uh, uh, maybe tomorrow. Tell me tomorrow, uh, you know, after, after uh, lunch. That would be perfect time. Okay, I'll give you more time to figure out what's going on here. Rachel's been kind of, like, leaning back in her chair, just listening to everything you said. You know, she didn't, like, respond when you asked, like, do you believe in miracles? Um, but you can just tell that she's, like, really focused on what you're saying. And then if you're done, and the, after, like, some whole <laughs> comment, she's going to kind of, like, lean forward and say, may or may not be connected, um... But earlier this afternoon, I met with an Indian shaman up on Table Rock, and he told me of an evil spirit that's in this area. He said, the shaman around here, these parts, performed rituals to keep these spirits at bay, and he's the only one left. And he gave me this what do you call it? An amulet? No, an amulet. An yeah. amulet. He says that if we were to go take care of the spirit, that he would help me with my injury, but also maybe it would help you with this rotten food. Stop that vision from coming to pass. The, the natives, they were... Uh, they were killed here, yeah? Yeah. I think that uh, these sins, they they are piling up if there is not, uh, you know, it, it is atonement, uh, as they say, the, the cleaning of the sins, this land, I think, needs to be cleaned. So this is something we should do, yes. I must say that I am told. I have my duty to find what is happening with Shailajin and his attempted uh, murder. But I am also deeply loyal to helping you and your, your problems. If I help you with this spirit, this, this evil in this land, please help me with my problem. I first moment I can will go to Jinmei and inform her of my intentions to let her know that I will be helping you so that you will help us if that is appropriate. Uh, thank you, Haru. Uh, we <laughs> He kind of laughs for a moment. It seems we all have problems. (laughs) (laughs) Got 99 problems and a spirit is one. (laughs) Uh, Mine is... uh, She she did not give me specifics. Um, It was was a vision. Uh, Such things are are never too clear. Uh, So I think I think it can wait, or may- maybe we will do it anyway. It- it- it's destiny, as I see it. It's fate. But um, we will. I-, I will help you. I, I promise you this. If-, if I have strength in my bones, my arms, I will help you, Haru. Thank you for your 
assistance, Makario. You are a true treasure in this very strange land. Did I get a sense from Skrull earlier that this was like an urgent thing that needed to take care of, like, ASAP? Uh, I mean, if you want to get the wound healed, then yeah. <laughs> very much so, then. Although it's been a couple months. Yeah. So. Well, she's got a permanent injury. Yes. Yeah. Um, Rachel will also turn to you and say, "I told you that I'd help you, and I I stick to my word. This this can wait a bit while we track down." You and I are both people of honor, Deputy Kennedy. I appreciate your honesty and integrity. So <laughs> she's gonna. She's going to say, like, so we're, what's the information that we have to go on? Should we speak with... Um, huh. What's uh, your name? Chen Mei. Uh, hi. I mean, yes. Yes, we should go to Cheng Mei. Speak with her. She may have more information that I was not privy to. My company is a company of secrets, I don't know what that in my sense, but I'm trying. So we're going to go track her now. Yep. yep. <laughs> and I'll still pay you. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> American, I have a lot <laughs> Probably reconvene the next morning at the Jacksonville Inn. We'll probably have another attack with your moon sometime between. Uh, that time. Uh-huh. Like, I'm at home, you know, cooking, like, you in a stove, like, a pan, or, like, mm-hmm. a spasm, and then, you know, like, a spasm in the pan, you know. It's like, I spilled the beans all over. Mm-hmm. I was, like, super happy about that. Oh, <laughs> I don't care. I got another indication of a very, I'm very dog-like. Yeah. Eat the food even though it's hot. It doesn't matter. Get your mouth. <laughs> oh, birds. Oh no, birds are better. Eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so I imagine you find Chin Mei at another Mahjong game, or maybe it's the same Mahjong game. <laughs> That's definitely good. Well, no, it doesn't last that long. Depends on who's playing. Yeah, um, how quickly they play. Yeah. Right. But I'm going to assume the same Bobby Fisher, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably having to teach most of these people how to play Mahjong. They're like, what happened to these dominoes? What is wrong with these dominoes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm in the tavern and I'm I'm for for the lack of something else to do, hustling mahjong, uh, you know, <laughs> betting people. Sure, go ahead. Give me a, yeah. a gambling roll. Are you, are you cheating? No. No. No, she's just beating these backward, backwater fools because they're backwater fools. <laughs> because they're like, I, I play dominoes. I don't know how to play this. Do you want to use the Deadlands gaming rules or just roll a quick roll? I'll roll a quick roll. Okay, alright. Am I rolling a while also? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Three. Three. Alright, you're, you're not losing any money, but you're not making any either. That's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, oh, let's play a friendly game. And then you play the friendly game for no money, and they're just like, ah, I'd rather play poker. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so I'm sitting there with a with a cup of jasmine tea that I brought from China with me on my last trip home, and, um, and tea that I brought with me. Those tins of tea in the last few years, and right. just take little flakes off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so definitely not winning, but also winning in the sense that I'm teaching people how to play. So yeah, spreading, spreading spreading knowledge of the game. <laughs> so I'll have uh, opponents. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, who who all is there? I'm, I'm, I was kind of assuming everyone. I would I actually wait, I live in the Jacksonville and so I would have been coming down the stairs seeing her playing Mahjong yeah. and being like, oh great. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's just the two of you again. You come downstairs and you see Chen uh, Mei playing Mahjong. Probably probably at the tail end of a game. You, you win it handily, but it was uh, you know, play to teach. So I'm I'm slowly putting my tiles, arranging them and putting them back into the wooden that I carry them in. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Is, is, when it comes to her name, is it which one's the, the surname and which one's the given? Uh, I believe it works the same way. The, uh, Chen would be the surname and mine is there. Yeah. yeah. Good morning, Miss Chen. Uh, I see that you have just finished a game. I was curious on where we should begin with looking for Mr. Sheng Jin's uh, attempted uh, information regarding what happened with Mr. Sheng Jin, if you will. Mm. So as, as you know, sir, I'm, I'm not familiar with this territory. Um, I've, I've walked back east with the Iron Dragon, um, but this is new territory for me. Uh, do you know where this individual was last seen? So the uh, <laughs> Portland rep is, is up in Portland. Mm -hmm. What you know, what has been shared with you uh, by uh, Shang Jin, uh, is that the steam wagon used by the would-be assassins was manufactured and owned by Iron Dragon. Uh, the leader of the outlaws, uh, Lazarus Black, had a message written in Chinese uh, off, you know, and he also had uh, Iron Dragon script on him, on his person. Okay. A substantial amount of it, which is corporate. Um, the the note or the message that he had was basically instructions um, and basically a schedule of the stagecoach's uh, movements, where it would be, when it would be. Um, and instructions to kill everyone on board, uh, specifically Mr. Jin. Does Lazarus Black have a known hideout um, in this area? Nope, he's dead now, though. Okay. Uh, but the note was signed by uh, another person whose name I haven't come up with, but an aide to uh, the Portland guy. So, is the assumption that the aide to the Portland guy hired Lazarus Black and his crew for the assassination? Yes. Okay. That, that is what all the evidence points towards, pretty is, conclusively. Is there reason to believe that the Portland guy or the aide would be um, 
this person? No, there is not reason to believe. But you know, they easily could have telegrammed a message or had sent. Uh, actually, the aide was visiting Shanfan, which is where San Francisco would be, mm -hmm. um, a few months prior to all of this. So traveling up and down the coast, mm -hmm. it would have passed through this area. Um, Sheng Jin has not ruled out that someone could be attempting to frame either the aide or the Portland representative. That would also be reasonable. Um, I am going to... How, how well accepted in this area at this time are people of Asian descent? Um, accepted. Hmm. I think if I started asking around for information on where I would find the outlaws, would people be receptive or would they be? I think they'd outside? be receptive. Iron Dragon's a big player throughout this area. They're you know they're the rail line, um, and it's been a good twenty or more years uh, since their influence has been you know pretty heavily through the area. They try to like employ a lot of people in the area. Like yeah. And so people people are used to it. A lot of Chinese working on the railroad and yeah. yeah. People are used to it. Most people are probably fairly ignorant <laughs> about uh, Chinese and Japanese culture and the other you know, you know Korean and Vietnamese and, and, and what have you. We're all Asian to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that hasn't changed in the last yeah. Right. Um, okay. But no one's gonna, you know, most people, there's probably that one bigot out of a uh, hundred people um, who's a jackass, but most folk aren't gonna be like, oh, I'm not talking to you because you're Chinese. We killed him last game. Exactly. Brutally. So if my, if my new acquaintance uh, does not know where to locate the outlaws, then I will suggest that we seek information in the inn and in the surrounding community to see if anybody might know where we would find the, the remainder of Lazarus Black's crew. That one guy that ran off. Mm -hmm. We could ask Jonathan Graves if he might know where he's at. <laughs> <laughs> is that a wise decision? I've heard mm -hmm. that Mr. Graves is a, a little bit of a wild character. Well, Mr. Graves may be a wild character, mm -hmm. but if anything, he doesn't like competition. And if the rumors about him are even close to true, he'd be willing to help us at least locate another outlaw. I suggest we have Miss Daisy, if she is willing, when she comes into town, and check in with her, uh, how you say, Man. <laughs> um, so, is this a, of a, a large enough, enough issue nationally that my uncle uh, Chen Langbin, who is the the minister emissary or emissary from China to the U.S., would know of this matter? And if I telegraphed him in D.C., he would be able to find it. 
Um, it's important over here. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point, Iron Dragon is trying to keep it internal. Okay, so then I I, I agree, sir, that we should ask Miss Daisy and uh, Mr. Graves if either of them can point us in the right direction. And then uh, I will also talk to Miss Kennedy, see if they have any men in their jail who are willing to make a bargain for information. How big is the jail? How big is the jail? I mean, you've got like probably four sale uh, cells. That's a it's, big jail. It's not a prison. You know, it's not for long term. Mm-hmm. Sort of right. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, a lot typical of, western movie jail. A lot of those, yeah. those cells were used as drug tanks. Were exactly, they yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, very good. Yeah. Keep an eye out for outlaw camps on our way to Crater Lake. We have another matter to attend to as well out that direction. So we have many options. You are the troubleshooter. What do you recommend? What is this matter out towards Crater Lake? How much do you know of the strange events that happen in the woods around here? I don't. I'm not familiar with territory, sir. seems that food perish quickly, even when left to proper preservation methods quicker than it should. Mm. We have seen many evil things, things that could only be explained through uh, dark spirits or dark energy. And there may be one that is in control of it all out in Crater Lake. We have been asked by one of the uh, American Indians to rid this land of its evil. We might be able to find some outlaws who know something as we head that direction. If that is an acceptable mode of finding information wish to step on your toes. I feel that this uh, will enhance my education of this region, and so I will travel with you. Your agreeance is most appreciated. I will go find the deputy and inform her of our intentions so that she can help me find the others. Thank you, sir. And so then I'll head towards the, the sheriff's office. I must forgotten sheriff. Everyone hangs out at the sheriff's <laughs> office. <laughs> 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 I'll sit down and uh, finish this. At least I know Ross likes me now, so. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on at the sheriff's office? Um, do we have anyone locked up currently? I've got some drones. Jones again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jones. Yeah, actually, Jones is. He, he he went and got in a fight with someone anyway. God damn it, Jones. Bessie's got enough on her mind without you getting into fights all the time. Yeah, he looks like he got the worst of the fight, too, but he was the pro- provoker. So. Is he like a piece of meat over his eyes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I just kept thinking of the maggots again. Yeah, no, he's got the maggots going. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, that's not, a problem. the only person uh-huh. per day, right? Yeah. Is he? I, I'm hurrying. No, I don't want to do that. I'm sure it's all. 
Okay. You could have done that. Might be order or whatever. Uh, what are the deputies doing? They're not out actively deputying. I'm not doing paperwork, that's for sure. That's Ross's job. Are you telling Ross about. Uh, yeah, I'm probably making a report to Ross about the. What? Yeah. Tell him that. I'm walking in. Deputy? Um, he's actually, remarkably, he's like cleaning his gun <laughs> instead drinking. of doing paperwork. Oh, oh he's drinking. Oh. He's smoking. He's drinking. <laughs> but he's got he's got his gun disassembled and he's he's cleaning it. Well, sure had an interesting day yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I spoke to the shaman. Oh. Okay. Scout got spooked at Table Rocks. Found out that there's a spirit up at Crater Lake that we gotta kill. Uh, <laughs> Macario's got did, maggots over at his house eating the food out there. Well, okay. Graves helped me out. <laughs> That's a shocker. Diffie, why don't you slow down? Yeah, hold on. Just a moment. Spills my beans all over. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Daphne. All right, rambling now. Hold on a sec. Just sit down. Here's some whiskey. Stop talking for two seconds. He uh, reassembles his gun, holsters it, walks over the tank or uh, the the jail cells. Opens the first one. Grabs the first drum. Out, <laughs> out, Jones. Stop getting to fucking fights. Stop arguing with people. Next time I see your ugly face, I'm shooting you. Get Whoa. The fuck Whoa. Out. Poor guy. Jones is like. Yeah, he hauls him out and tosses him out. Deputy, you mind not going off about magic and spirits and who knows what else? in front of the ignorant townspeople. <laughs> yeah, good they are, dude. They're, they're, any one listen to them, it's just gonna pass it off on them day drinking. And that is perfectly fine, but I will ask you to be mindful of who you talk about that stuff in front of. And you said make a report. I made my report. <laughs> I was not expecting you to talk about spirits. What is this spirit? Who is this this shaman you spoke to? <laughs> You're gonna have to ask Graves that. His name is Scrap Stell. Stell. Scout's his name. His name's Scout. <laughs> <laughs> I think Deputy Kennedy's been drinking before coming in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the goddamn bad night, okay? Freaky dreams. It's not, it's just not been a, it's, dream. it's been a day, okay? What kind of dream did you have? I don't know about that. Well, okay, Deputy. It's about my ex-husband. <laughs> he was married? Okay. That's all I'm gonna say about that. That is fine. He like bursts into my house and 
shot at me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he burst. This is in the dream, though, right? This is we're talking about your ex-husband, or we're talking about Skip? I'm confused. <laughs> who who showed up in the dream? <laughs> and who did you see in real life? <laughs> Well, both. Except for Skell. He didn't show up in the dream. <laughs> okay. okay. Alright. So, you met with Skell in real life, and you saw your, hex, your, your ex-husband in your dream. You think dreams are prophetic, Ross? Do you think that they, like, that, like, they predict the future, what's gonna happen? Picture that you're like belching at this point. You obviously <laughs> had some drinks. <laughs> She's obviously had something. Are you? Are you? No. Maybe no. <laughs> a little. Just, just, I had okay. one drink. Okay, Rob. <laughs> you sit in your office all day long and pour back the whiskey. What drink did this to her? <laughs> Rachel's like a notorious lightweight, I would say. <laughs> that one drink was a whole bottle of something. Sure. <laughs> one, something strong. Yeah. One drink. Yeah. <laughs> her apple juice got a little from uh, <laughs> And sometimes, Tippy, uh, those who are sensitive to certain forces may be visited by dreams of portents and uh, visions. Oh god. And, like all the colors are going to drink from her face and just look at them and sit down. I need a drink. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so circumstance and tell me that we need to go on a vision quest to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to go on a vision quest, Ross? No, we're most <laughs> oh, thank God. not going on a vision quest. Thank God. Spirit, I feel like 
deputy. I know you got some <coughs> mojo value. You think you got enough to take on a goddamn spirit? Oh, that's company. Who's coming with you? Graves with you, are you? Maybe. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Now I'm worried. <laughs> you might have to just honest to God just, you know, deputize Graves. Yeah. <laughs> Make him immune to the law entirely. <laughs> what a great idea. <laughs> place to call it, unless y'all are good to keep going. Good. No, I feel like we've been in a good spot. Alright. Yeah. 
Alrighty, well, thank you listeners for tuning in. Uh, hope you had fun, and uh, hope you'll join us again next week as we conclude this particular adventure. Um, we're, you know, doing episode six of Valley of Hammond. My name's Ben. I've been here with uh, Rosemary, Austin, Nick S., Ed, and our special guest, Trisha. Yay. And, uh, yeah. Everyone have a good night, uh, or whatever time of day it is that you are listening to this, and uh, we hope you'll tune in next time.